SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Oh, yeah. It's that time. Welcome in. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Over the course of the next hour, we're going to get to hang out with Tony Mejia and talk about NFL action. Tony's a real sharp guy. He's been writing for the Gold Sheet uh, for years. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's someone who has a lot of knowledge about a lot of different sports. I'm going to pick his brain uh, on the NFL uh, today. And we're going to talk about how his season's going. We're going to talk about who he's surprised by. We're going to talk about uh, NFL in October. And right now, who his most undervalued, overvalued teams are. Props. We'll get into a detailed discussion with Tony Mejia. But I want to open the show about something, talking about something I don't know that I've ever talked about on air. Uh, certainly not on this show, I haven't. When it comes to the newsletters, you know, because I, I have like a bunch of newsletter guys on. You know, yesterday I had Ralph Michaels on. Uh, he's a newsletter guy. We've had Mark Lawrence on. He does a newsletter. Brad Powers does a newsletter. And Tony Mejia, the guy we have on today, is one of the big writers, uh, main writers for the Gold Sheet. And there are a ton of newsletters out there. This is going to tell how old you are as a sports better. Okay. When I first moved to Vegas, and again, I always tell these stories, but I've been in Vegas now 25 years. I moved out here in 1998. And a lot of times, the only info you were going to get on many of these games was going to come from the newsletters. And there's a you know legendary news, whether it's Phil Steele or winning points. I got, we talk about gold sheet. We talk about Mark Lawrence. Uh, there's no shortage of them, you know, sports reporters. I mean, there's been, but when I first moved to Vegas back in the day, the newsletters were everywhere. Okay. You couldn't, they, they sold them behind the counter at the sports books. That's how popular the newsletters were. Because when you were looking to find information, especially on the smaller conference schools, you just couldn't find it in any mainstream publication. Again, this is early internet uh, era, uh, and it wasn't like everything was online uh, back then the way it is now. And the newsletters were extraordinarily popular uh, among betters. I couldn't believe <laughs> some of the revenues. That, uh, you know, and everyone was walking around with a newsletter, one or the other, or multiple, or you know. And again, there was the gold sheet, there was platinum sheet, there was the diamond sheet. There was, I mean, there. Uh, a, a, a huge number of newsletters out there, and uh, obviously there was a big market for them. Now, 25 years later, I'm not going to say it's the dying side of the business. It's not dying, the newsletters, but in terms of their importance <laughs> in the sports betting universe, they're not as important as they were, flat out. That doesn't mean that you're not going to find good info in newsletters. And there's a couple that I get. Uh, and I like to look through. And what I like to do with newsletters, first of all, all the newsletters get written, or they, you know, they're going to get written Sunday night, Monday morning to make publication deadlines. So it's all gut reaction, first reaction, and whatever statistical slash situational slash injury info the writers can come up with on a on a really uh, tight deadline. Uh, in fact, there was well. There was one year, it's got to be almost 20 years ago now, that I was writing, that they wanted me to write SEC previews for one of these uh, magazines, and I did it. Uh, they were due at like 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. I did it for the one year. I'm like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> uh, so, uh, But the point is that your initial, what you're seeing in the newsletter is, is uh, your real, like your first gut thoughts about a game. 
not necessarily well-baked thoughts. Not necessarily you haven't, you know, that's one of the beauties of betting on football. You have all week to think about these games, and you can have an initial thought and then kind of think about it again, and well, maybe that initial thought wasn't right. The newsletter's all initial thoughts. All right. But what you'll get in a newsletter, you, get some, you might get some key injury info that you missed. You're certainly going to get some situational stuff that you might not have caught. Because, again, one of the things I like to do in college football, and this is another thing that's advantage of they have the game logs. And a lot of times they have the game logs in a full season format. So you can not just see who they played, but also who they're going to play. And I really spend a fair bit of time with the game logs. If there's one thing from the newsletter, the newsletters that stands out to me like a sore thumb, it is those game logs. They're super helpful. When you spend time with the game logs, you get a sense, hey, how's this team stepping up in class? How's this team stepping down in class? How's this team hold? How's this team road? Is this, uh, has this team been covering a bunch of spreads and maybe now they're a little bit overvalued? Has this team been failing against the spread and maybe now they're a little undervalued? And sometimes when you just see it charted, you know, do, 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 stuff starts to stand out for you. So that's one of the things I really like uh, about that. And there's not any one that I'm going to recommend or not recommend. I certainly have, a, you know, a good affiliation with the Gold Sheet. Uh, it's a newsletter that, uh, you know, with the guys who I know and trust. And they're old guys like me, old timers. <laughs> uh, who've uh, done it. We'll ask uh, you know, Tony about it a little bit later. Uh, but it's certainly a, a, a publication that I can recommend that I know that they're doing their homework and I know the data in there is right. What I don't look for from newsletters is, is winners. I don't, want, I don't care what their opinions are. You know, it's, not, it's not about, oh, they, said they, they like this on Sunday night, therefore it's a must play for me. It's, in my mind, it's irrelevant. But for information... Newsletters can be very, very valuable, an extremely valuable tool. And like I said, I, you know, usually early in the week, I'll peruse at least one or two newsletters uh, on a week-in, week-out basis. And of course, when you're doing a lot of media, it helps too, because it gives you a little tidbit, tidbit for this team or tidbit for that team. But as a better, there's useful info in there every single time. I don't know it's the best info. The best info I can say is always look, go, you know, search Google News and see what you find from the local papers. But newsletters, not so far behind. We'll be right back. Tony Mejia joins us next, right here on Cover It with Teddy Covers. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I'm impressed, and I don't get impressed very often. <laughs> I'm, I'm really cynical. Uh, doesn't matter how good a team looks, I'm like, yeah, they'll be worse next week. Uh... But there's one thing I'm impressed by today's guest. Tony Mejia uh, is going to join us right now. Uh, and Tony, welcome to the program. Uh, great to have you. But you do something that I flat out cannot do. All right. I'm someone that I can handicap maybe two sports effectively at the same time. Like, as we get into now that I'm trying to do NBA and college football and NFL this next week, man, that sometimes gets a little bit tough. I have a hard time putting one sport aside, thinking about my thought process for that sport, moving on to another one, then moving on to another one and another one. Tony, you are truly a jack of all trades. You're a guy that can do soccer in the morning, tennis in the afternoon, hockey in the evening, NBA at night, NFL overnight, and then wake up in the morning and start talking about college football. My question to you, 
How the heck do you stay up on as many sports as you do? Well, I'm, I'm a picture of resiliency, Teddy, uh, and I'll tell you because I've been I've been saddled with nothing but terrible, horrible beats for a good month now. Uh, and I mean, it really just takes, I won't even say discipline. It's just, you, you got to decompress for half an hour or an hour if it takes that long and there's going to be another game and there's something else that you got to be up on. And there's clients that want that, uh, champions league analysis. And, you know, with, with that, you, you, you have to be up on what potentially could happen lineup wise, but I don't release a pick. Uh, and really only, only the all access clients get those from me right now, uh, cause it's okay contingent on lineups and lineups don't come out until an hour, hour and a half before a game. Uh, basketball's on its way. I've been keeping up uh, on what's going on in the preseason. Absolutely rarely bet preseason. I bet uh, the heat for a freebie on wager talk the other day, just because Spolster said it was a dress rehearsal, but the fact that, you know, regulars don't close out those games, you really can't give them out anything other than first halves. Uh, you know, college basketball's on the horizon. And then you get into your routine with college football and the NFL where, and I know we're going to talk about the gold sheet soon, but it, as soon as the Sunday games are over, it's already you're moving on to the week. I know you absolutely know all about that because you're looking at the opening line report almost immediately You know, as Sunday games are going on. Uh, it's always about turning the page in our business. So from that standpoint, I know you can relate to that. And, yeah, you just – uh, compartmentalize with uh, what you want to do in terms of uh, regardless of how well or how poorly it's going. Again, always another game and you always want to win it. So that's something I do like about this business. You know, the fact that even though your bankroll is going up and down, all right, for any given uh, any given stretch, every day you wake up and you're zero and zero. You know, there's that fresh start, that redemption, that today, you know, if you had a lousy day and you talked about you've been beaten up uh, for the last uh, couple of uh, for the last month, my uh, my start to October has not been anything to write home about. NFL has been better than college. College has been a disaster. NFL has been okay at least, um, uh, but uh, actually NFL has been fine. Uh, but my college this month has been, has been rough. Um, it can and does happen, you know. But you mm-hmm. talked about that limited period of time where you're going to have your moment, <laughs> have your meltdown. Scream at the wife, kick the dog, whatever it is. I mean, joking. You don't want to do either one of those. But you, know, uh, <laughs> you, where, where, you have your moments, uh, and then you, you know, all right, uh, let's get back into it. And you know, for most games, for me at this stage, again, I'm doing a 25 year. It takes like 15 minutes or a half hour if you had a uh, tough beat. Sometimes it takes an hour or two. Sometimes every once in a while, you're like, I need the night off. <laughs> I'll come back and look at it in the morning. <laughs> uh, that doesn't happen a lot. In general, the ability to take what just happened. And cram it far back in that rearview mirror and just focus on what task ahead. It's a really important skill for a handicapper to have. Agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it is honestly the key because you need your. Now, now we're big on mental health in 2022, and and obviously over the last decade. Uh, so you know, God bless the, uh, the people that came before us uh, and how they dealt with uh, tough beats and, and and things like that. But uh, yeah, as far look, my Thursday night. Uh, I was huge on Baylor against West Virginia. West Virginia missing their talented freshman running back. Uh, the Baylor defense, Dave Aranda, one of the better defensive minds in the country, coming off a really disappointing performance against Oklahoma State. Thought they'd be locked in against West Virginia. That defense didn't show up. And yet, 
Baylor has the lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, they finally force a fourth and a fourth down stop, get the ball, and immediately fumble and end up losing that game. And then you concentrate on the end of uh, of the Commanders and the Bears. And I'm on Chicago, and they lose three opportunities inside the five yard line, including the last one, which was. Just incredible to watch how demoralizing that was, how many stupid decisions were made. Uh, and right side, 178 yardage advantage over, uh, you know, from Chicago over Washington. And, and you feel just like the poor Bears fans at the end of it. So you got to take your half. I watched an episode of Atlanta, it's final season, and, uh, and then back, back to work. Yeah, well, so uh, it, it, it's certainly not going to make you feel any better. But I had Washington that game, <laughs> and at least your loss was my gain. It wasn't some stranger's gain. So, uh, it's what, but that very was the, the entire game, Tony. The entire game was who's going to screw it up and lose it. There was mm-hmm. no this team's going to win it. It was who's going to screw it up and lose it. And the Bears uh, made the two biggest mistakes with the red zone failure at the end, and obviously the muffed fumble, uh, the muffed punt yep. that led to Washington's only touchdown. Not a side, but I'll take it. Nonetheless, you know, so you write for Gold Sheet. You write for Gaming Today. I used to write uh, mm-hmm. for Gaming Today for many years, and then I got sick of the Sunday night deadlines were killing me. <laughs> I'm like, I, got, I can't do it anymore because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, by Sunday night you're gassed. What does it take to be a good sports betting writer? What do you look for? How do you come up with something? I mean, you've got to literally come up with something for every single game. College and yeah. pro, in a matter of hours after the lines come out, how do you do it? Yeah, what does it take? Oh, I th- I, at this point, gaming today, I'm only writing MBA, and so I get a, an editorial request to you know come up with something on this team's futures or on MVP, and that's easy because it, it, it's right off the cuff, and you, you, you're writing your opinion. And I used to be a columnist uh, specifically on basketball, so that's easy. That's almost like an escape back to my former life for a little bit. Uh, gold sheet's a, a lot different. Gold sheet is, uh, you know, it, it's it's labor intensive, but it's a lot of fun because, you know, from the from the standpoint of the uh, basketball, we're 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 analyzing games and conferences and and things like that uh, almost nightly. Once basketball season rolls around, football different animal. Um, we're assigned games. There's a crew of about six to eight of us, and uh, you, you know, you 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 get the games that you're assigned. And you have to either already be up on those teams and what they did that that previous weekend, or you better find out real quick. So, you know, I follow all the beat writers on Twitter. I go look at the game recaps, see who got injured, and then immediately you go into analysis mode, and you're essentially handicapping, and you're giving, you're sharing, and that's what Gold Gold City is so great. You know, you got top-notch handicappers. You're coming right out with analysis, and we get out of the, out there uh, late Monday night, early Tuesday for the Gold Street clients. So, again, you know, it's it's just a part of the week, and uh, it it really gets me started on my handicapping immediately Sunday night, Monday. Sure, and I, I have a similar process for the NFL, where I've got to do any my NFL opening line report on Monday mornings uh, here in Vegas, and that means Sunday night you're prepping up and making sure you know what's going on, and that allows you to attack the card earlier in the week. There's certainly some benefits. Uh, to that, but when it comes to the so I think there's a real differential here between sports writers and sports betting writers. What makes a good sports writing betting writer? We have uh, just about a minute for the break. I mean, sports writers aren't familiar with with uh, the lines and uh, you know the, the the fact that sharp money's here. Uh, you know, tickets 
being written and lines not moving. I mean, the line thing is completely out of a sports writer's analysis. Um, you know, that, that's more sports writers concentrate on on storylines and and uh, background and, and you know what's going on with teams and and whatnot. As far as uh, you know, sports betting analysts, we have to have a, a preconceived line in our head. So you know, this is too much. This is too little. This is why I like this. Uh, injuries have to be prevalent. Um, you know, how many points a, 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 a you know a power ranking is or a, a home field advantage is worth also goes right into that analysis. So good, good very, stuff, very Tony. Let's, let's pick it up after the break when coverage continues. We'll be right back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM Channel 159, the SportsGrid Radio Network. We're hanging out with Tony Mejia, the master of all trades. He's an impressive sports betting writer. The guy's got a resume uh, you know, he's written for everyone at some point uh, or another. It feels like uh, Tony's a pretty good handicapper uh, as well, currently writing for the Gold Sheet and Gaming. Today, when we're talking about putting together good info on tight deadlines, I want to ask you this. How do you guys come up with the picks for the Gold Sheet? Does everybody submit one? Is there one guy picking them all? Does Mr. Sheet make the plays? Uh, uh, how, how does it work with the picks? And when it comes to newsletter picks... In your opinion, which is more important, the picks or the game analysis? Because I tend to think when I'm looking at newsletters, I pick some interested. Sure, they might sell some newsletters because of it, but it's the analysis that really stands out. What do you think? Well, I think that's because you're a handicapper, and I'm I'm 100% in agreement with you. I, I I really don't care about the pick if I'm reading it. I I like good analysis and things that make me think about something that I hadn't contemplated uh, going into that game. That's more valuable to me than the pick. But obviously, you know, uh, this world is filled with uh, different strokes for different folks. So a lot of people just take that pick, don't even read the analysis and say, I'm betting this. So <laughs> both equally important, I would say. And, and yeah, we split it up. Everybody that analyzes a game and gets their, their teams that they're monitoring uh, makes the pick on the game. So I've, I've been doing a lot of stuff in the uh, American Athletic and the Sun Belt, you know, some big twist. Uh, and uh, everybody else, you know, there's, there's, I think, six to eight of us, so different conferences and whatnot on the college side. And then, yeah, everybody gets a couple of NFL games a week as well. So we're, we're, we're divvying up the, the uh, work. So I want to ask you this, because I'm sure there are guys out there right now that would like to make a living writing about sports betting the way that, you know, uh, you've been able to do uh, for many years. And, and not to talk about selling plays, but simply the writing aspect of it. The writing about sports betting is interesting. I'm sure there are guys listening that are like, hey, this is a career I might be interested in. This is something I'd want to do. What advice would you have to someone that wants to write about sports betting? Uh, just to you know, play it down the middle. Don't let your, your either preconceived notions or your biases, uh, whether you root for a team or not, uh, infiltrate your analysis because you're you're dead immediately. Uh, in fact, I, I kidded about it, but the one thing that I took offense to all year is uh, I really liked UCF against Louisville. I obviously went to UCF. I thought that that was a game that they would really win, and it's their one loss thus far this season. And it's a game they should have won. They had two touchdowns called back, uh, and uh, John Rice Plumley, who's well, I, he joined Lamar uh, Jackson in doing something that hasn't been done in, you know, over the last decade with uh, three touchdown runs, four touchdown passes. But he was terrible against the Bill. Uh, and somebody called me a homer, and uh, that 
something I'll never be. So from that standpoint, you you have to uh, you have to basically play it down the middle and and try to be as smart and analytical as uh, you can be in uh, in giving the masses information. So my senior year, when Michigan, no, I was close to graduation, and Michigan, they just screwed me for financial aid my senior year. I was broke all year. I was you know I was so broke I couldn't pay attention. And I ended up, you know, with that thousand dollars of quote unmet need, and I ended up taking out loan. It was a, it was a very difficult financial year for me, particularly my senior year uh, at Michigan. And I've always enjoyed betting against the Wolverines since. I'm like, they owe me money. <laughs> there's, no, there's no Homer. There's no Homer there. Uh, just who's gonna pay? So uh, who's gonna pay? You know, who's gonna catch a ticket? Uh, so let's start talking about the NFL. I mean, we've gone a long way without making uh, talk about the league. How's your you, know, you tell you you reference you've been running bad, which can and will happen. Uh, sides, totals, props, teasers, anything working in particular, anything not working in particular. Uh, talk to me how your season's gone so far. Yeah, I mean, uh, working right now, I guess uh, player props twelve of, of the last seventeen and should have been thirteen uh, because David Montgomery should have gotten in the end zone uh, against the. Uh, the commanders late in that game. He was open twice. Justin Fields missed him both times. So it was any time touchdown uh, was a loser. But uh, there have been 29 games, Teddy, after that uh, Chicago-Washington game. 29 games, an NFL record through five-plus weeks, decided by three points or fewer. I think I've lost 25 of them. I'm kidding. Oh but <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but it's felt that way. Uh, and again, I mean, this, this season has been ridiculous. Uh, 63 games now that have been decided by eight points, uh, or that have been within eight points in the fourth quarter. Fifty of them have closed that way. I mean, that's one possession games in the NFL with a two-point conversion. So everybody's playing it tight. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you, you have to uh, A, you know what you're doing, and uh, you know taking points is always great if you're confident in the underdog, but all these games are so close that, you know, you have to have a lot of good fortune as well. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a fair few coin flips in the NFL. <laughs> and mm-hmm. if you're not, if you're running bad on your coin flip games, you're going to start to think, oh my God, I suck, I'm panicking. You know, it's settle down. It's a, it, it'll happen yep. and it will turn. Um, if you can, if you're losing all the close games or most of the close games, that it can and does happen for a stretch. It cannot and does not happen forever. Um, What's the biggest surprise to you so far this NFL season? Well, let me ask you two. One positive surprise and one negative surprise in the NFL so far this season. Someone who surprised you the good, to the good and someone who surprised you to the bad. Well, I mean, the positive, I think, uh, the NFC East being as good as it has been. You know, uh, uh, the Eagles, obviously, the lone undefeated team. Cowboys sticking around with no Dak Prescott. The Giants are a surprise team despite no receiving core. Saquon Barkley looks like he's back to form. Uh, you know, they, they wanted to run Daniel Jones out of town, and he's he's done his job while while being hobbled. You know, four and one, and they were in that Dallas Monday night loss. So, uh, you know, while they while their uh, opponents haven't been anything to write home about, they've beaten the Titans, Panthers, Bears, and you know, the Packers game, I guess, was the biggest upset out in at, at Tottenham. But, um, you know, from that standpoint, they, they're taking care of business, and New Yorkers are happy, and they're happy with Brian Dayball. So, you know, the NFC East being, you know, having three potential playoff teams, that's a shocker to me, a, a bright spot. And what about a negative? Anything that stands, to you on the, stands out to you that you did not expect to see uh, here in mid-October? Uh, when you were analyzing the NFL this summer. Well, there, there is such a thing as a Super Bowl hangover. We all know that. 
but I didn't, I didn't anticipate it to be a Super Bowl flu for the Rams and the Bengals. I mean, good <laughs> Lord. Uh, the, the Rams right now, uh, according to DraftKings, are plus 1,100 to win the NFC with the best defensive player still in the league in Aaron Donald on that side of the ball. And, you know, a pretty decent offense and the best wide receiver in, in, in the NFL at Cooper Cup on that side of the ball. Uh, you know, they're the seventh-ranked team in the NFC right now in terms of uh, Super Bowl odds behind the Eagles, Bucks, Packers, Niners. Cowboys and even the Vikings, and then you go on the other side. The Bengals are getting you plus sixteen hundred if you want to back them, and obviously the Bills and Chiefs are you know top of that pecking order. So uh, you know both of those teams. I think they will figure it out along the way, but uh, you know very slow starts. Uh, Cincinnati's probably going to make the playoffs, and we'll see about the Rams. So make yourself look smart, Tony. We talked about what you didn't see coming. Talk about something that you did see coming, where uh, the mainstream part is saying, nobody saw this coming. Like, I have a chick, I, I have a bet on the Giants over their win total. That's something that I saw coming. You talk about how weak their schedule is. Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's a really weak schedule, and the team's okay. Uh, so I'm going to, uh, it's not done yet, but we're in good position with the Giants uh, over, what is it? I think I have over seven wins. What did you see that nobody else saw this August that has actually paid out? Uh, so far this season, or played out though, so far this season. Yeah, I, I guess I will take credit on thinking that Jalen Hurts would be pretty good, and that the Eagles would be a, a, a force. Uh, not, I wouldn't, I didn't think that they would be undefeated at this point, but uh, they, they've been a really solid team. You know, one, my my first bad beat of the season was them blowing that lead, uh, almost blowing that sure. lead. They blew the cover in Detroit, yeah. which which was the difference with that was a. a, a Tremendous catch on third down uh, by the ex-Jacksonville receiver. I forget his name right now, but he's out for out on IR right now. But he Shark. made a great catch on third down. Yes, yeah, DJ yeah. Shark, DJ Shark. And if he if he drops that ball, they settle for a field goal, and uh, and the Eagles still cover. And then last week, you know, against the Cardinals. Uh, Hurts had a wide open Dallas Goddard in the end zone. Instead, went to Watkins. The ball got got batted down, and uh, they had to settle for a field goal and don't cover there because you know the Cardinals made those bonehead uh, decisions on third down where, where Kyler slid early, and then Matt Amendola, not an NFL kicker, was tasked with trying to tie a game again and failed. So uh, you know, but they, they've still been pretty profitable this season, and uh, and I I saw that. Uh, that Hertz would be pretty good, and the Eagles would be a force. So I guess I have a feather in my cap there. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You want, you want to keep it on the good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not the bad stuff, the good stuff. So uh, so here we are. We're, we're mid-October, and we've seen now back-to-back weeks where the recreational bettors have done fairly well, certainly compared to what they were doing in September. You know, the consensus plays have won the last couple of weeks. The public plays have won. You know, I do a pros versus Joes tweet uh, every Sunday morning, and the Joes plays the last couple of weeks have cashed in. And when you talk to bookmakers around town here in Las Vegas, after they were laughing, they were giddy. And every Sunday in September, the first two Sundays of October, not so much giddiness coming from the bookmakers. What's different about this month compared to early season or late season NFL we got about just about a minute before the break. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'll, uh, I'll expound upon this uh, after the break, but just the, the concise version is I think you just have a better idea of how teams are going to mask injuries and attrition, and you know who's down, and you, you kind of suspect, well, this coaching staff is, 
is pretty bright, so maybe they can mask it and this coaching staff isn't. And you can say to yourself, well, that's not going to work, or I bet you're not going to be able to do that, so I'll bet that you're not going to, you know, I'll physically bet that you're going to be up against it and uh, and try to profit off you that way. So I think that comes uh, comes into focus clearer in uh, in October after you've seen a couple of games, you know, get the September schedule out of the way. Yeah, and I think uh, there's one team stands out to me in that regard. It really stands out where the injuries just, they haven't mattered at all so far this season. That team's the Buffalo Bills. Nothing but impressed with Sean McDermott's staff in Buffalo and McDermott himself. And that was, we kind of saw that in the preseason. That team, you know, it didn't matter. The first stringers were in, the second stringers were in, the third stringers were in in the preseason. Buffalo looked good. The road chalk at KC for a reason on Sunday. We'll talk about that game and more when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're on your TV. We're on your radio. We're on your phone. Go to Twitter and give us a follow at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid Radio, at SportsGrid TV, and stay on the grid everywhere you go. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. You can follow today's guest, Tony Mejia, on Twitter at Mejia De Niro uh, on Twitter. Uh, that's right, Tony. Isn't it Mejia De Niro? I, I have that in my head. And I'm pretty that sure that's correct. the case. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. Mejia De Niro, not Robert De Niro, but Mejia De Niro. <laughs> little cash money. Mejia money. I appreciate that. Uh, I, I like the Twitter handle there. So we were talking before the break about NFL in October, and there was you said there were a couple of points you wanted to expound upon after the break. What do you got? Talk to me. What makes this time of year so unique for the NFL compared to early season or late season, and how should betters uh, appropriately adjust to the nuances of October football. Yeah, I mean, I think if you've been paying attention in September, you know what you like and what you're comfortable with, and then you have to be willing to change your mind. Uh, Arizona obviously was dreadful. We're getting off the dreadful start, uh, but now they have Rondale Moore back, who was missing, uh, and AJ Green, and hopefully they get Rodney Hudson, uh, you know, their center. He he looked washed, but I don't think he is, uh, you know, former Raider, and obviously had a lot of success there as one of the better centers. Uh, and I think uh, that offensive line misses him. Uh, but again, you, you know, you have to be willing to understand that personnel gets different. Uh, different results uh, there. And then you you have to guard against things like look-ahead spots that, you know, people count on saying, all right, well, I, I think they'll be looking ahead to this team next week, so maybe they won't give their best effort here. I think that's overrated now. Maybe it was a, a, a staple in the past that, that was all reliable, but everybody's so close. I mean, we, we mentioned the, the, the games decided by three points or less that I think it's stupid. <laughs> if you're, if you're looking ahead to a team, Hey, you're foolish. Uh, and really not, uh, you know, not up to speed with what's actually going on in the league. I think these guys have way more respect for each other than we give them credit for. So uh, I think that's a little overrated. And, and look, you got, the biggest game this weekend is the bills, uh, and, and the chiefs. And, you know, although the chiefs got off to a slow start against, uh, the Raiders on Monday night, they were in position to cover late, could have had a two-point conversion to get them to cover, and then uh, Las Vegas went down the field and, and got the cover on a late touchdown. Buffalo, biggest favorite on the board against the Steelers, crushed them 38-3. to So uh, clearly not looking ahead to Kansas City. Uh, and then coming off of these games, 
You've got, uh, you know, the, well, the, the Bills will be on a bye, but, you know, uh, the Chiefs are at San Francisco next week. That certainly won't be uh, looking ahead. That might be just a, a, a trouble spot given the, how well the, the 49ers play defense. You know, Dallas and, and, uh, and Philly, another huge game, tremendous rivalry game. You know how much of those two teams hate each other. Um, the, the Cowboys were in a dog roll against the Rams. Certainly didn't look past them. Dominated them for four, four quarters. Uh, and, uh, and the Eagles, like I said, should have covered against the Cardinals. We're up 14 to nothing, so certainly weren't looking past them. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe after this one, uh, the, you got the Eagles off a bye, and then the Cowboys in what could be a trap game, hosting the Lions, but that might be Dak Prescott's return, so everybody should be sharp there. Uh, so, again, you, you have to kind of table things that you uh, that really don't matter when, when uh, handicapping games. Just stick to what should happen between the lines. And the betting markets are going to factor in a lot of look-ahead slash letdown slash all of these different scenarios. And I find in October, you know, as we saw last week, you know, the teams that were supposed to be looking ahead, they didn't look ahead that much. They didn't let down that much. In my mind, that happens more later in the season than earlier yep. in the season. Sometimes the markets overreact to that stuff, and I found that out the hard way last week uh, with my bet on Pittsburgh plus the points. Ugh. So, uh, at least it was over early. Uh, so, I'm not asking you to give away your card this weekend, but right now, tell me, is there one team that stands out to you, the most undervalued team in the NFL, a bet-on team, your number one bet-on team right now, not for this week, but moving forward? Uh, who stands out to you in that regard? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this weekend's card because there, there are – not a lot of duds, especially with uh, Chicago and Washington out of the way. And then we've got, you know, surprise teams really getting tested with like the Giants welcoming the Ravens and uh, Minnesota, who I view as a, a surprise team down in Miami. We'll, we'll hopefully see the Dolphins healthy enough to make that a good one. Uh, and and uh, the Jets looking for a, a third straight road win. At Lambeau, you know, after uh, dramatic comeback wins in Cleveland and Pittsburgh, this is going to be a tough game. The Packers looking to bounce back after losing in England against uh, the Giants. And I think that the Jets uh, are a bet-on team because they're not last, you know, the Jets of the last five years. They've got legitimate young talent, Brees Hall, Sauce Gardner. I mean, Hall's legit as a running back. Gardner's a lockdown corner. Their linebacking core has, has improved. And they've got a coach that can coach and a staff uh, you know, that he utilizes well, I guess, and has the confidence of these young guys. And they're listening to them, and they're staying in games even when they're down. And I think that's been the key in, in comeback wins against the Browns, as improbable as that was. And I'll let you guess whether I was on the wrong or right side of that one. And uh, and then the, the Steelers. <laughs> So, uh, you know, they're, they're, I think, a bet-on team. And also undervalued, the Atlanta Falcons came back and, and had a uh, backdoor cover against the overrated Rams that nobody saw coming a few weeks ago. And then last week did the same thing to the Bucks, And that's with Mariota being marginal and then losing Cordero Patterson uh, and not utilizing Kyle Pitts the way he's supposed to be utilized. But, you know, more talent, I think, than than most expected and uh shoot the bears should be three and three right now so i think the teams that people wanted to bury preseason uh you know some of them have played the undertaker and, and risen up from the dead and are actually worth betting on sometimes so jets and falcons and maybe a little chicago as teams that offer value right now in the betting marketplace uh according to tony mejia what about the other uh side of that question what is your yeah, number oh. one bet against team right now? A team the markets just have priced too high. 
Well, it sounds a little silly because they were just 14-point dogs, but the Steelers are terrible. And uh, and they're still, they still wear that Steelers moniker, and we respect Mike Tomlin, or at least some do. Uh, but that defense is 30th against the pass and not very good against the run, and they clearly miss T.J. Watt, who's out another month. Uh, and uh, Mika Fitzpatrick can only do so much in, in that secondary when the corners are giving up, uh, you know, such yardage. I mean, he's he's a safety; he can only help so much. And the, the linebackers are poor. Now they lost Pat Fryermuth, uh, who was a, a nice safety valve for a true rookie, and Kenny Pickett, who's uh, who's going to take his lumps uh, as as he goes through the growing pains of being a, a starting quarterback in this league. And I, I don't think Tomlin will move off of him, nor he nor should he. But yeah, the Steelers are are going to be the worst team in that AFC North. Uh, and then the Browns are, you know, they, they've lost close games. I think they've gotten four games that have been decided by three points or fewer, but they've been on the wrong side of most of those. Kate York saved them in the first game against Carolina. Uh, you know, they, they're wasteful because uh, uh, they you should be doing a lot more than you can. You can run the ball, you can pass it a little bit, and then Jokey has been good, and Nick Chubb has been good, and you still can't find a way to lose these games. Uh, you know, and, and right now Green Bay is uh, overvalued because you expect Aaron Rodgers to be more than he has been. He's been mediocre, uh, and uh, hopefully his connection with Romeo Dobbs improves and Alan Lazard gets a little healthier because the Randall Cobb thing is still there. Cobb, uh, fountain of youth this season. But, yeah, Packers had no business blowing that game to the Giants, and that defense did not show up. Up and uh, Rodgers couldn't save him. Packers, uh, Browns, uh, and uh, Steelers all as overvalued commodities. And by the way, Minka Fitzpatrick, he's out this Sunday <laughs> uh, against Tampa Bay, along with cornerback Cameron Sutton, along with cornerback Levi Wallace, along with cornerback Akello Witherspoon, and uh, one of Watt's replacements, defensive end DeMarvin Leal. So, Cluster injuries in the secondary for Pittsburgh. I know, by the way, for Tampa, looks like Braid is going to play. Looks like Godwin's going to play. Looks like Perriman's going to play. They're getting their receivers healthy while the Steelers have cluster injuries in their secondary. Certainly something worth noting as we approach Sunday's NFL card. How about props? You know, are there any, anyone you're targeting week after week as an over guy or as an under guy? Are there someone where the betting markets just haven't priced correctly? Or, or are you not that much of a prop guy? No, I, I've gotten into them a lot more this season. I, I, to me, it's matchup based. So I really don't try to ride somebody. I think, uh, you know, that window gets shut pretty quickly. I, I think you probably would have done really well uh, backing Saquon Barkley to have his resurgence. But now, uh, now it's a fair fight. Uh, it took his final uh, reception after coming back from that injury that cost him a, a series uh, to get his over uh, rushing and receiving yards against the Packers. Uh, but Sticking with the Giants, look at Darius Slayton because they don't have many receivers. He had seven targets, made six catches uh, last week in London. So he's somebody that you could probably get a good price on to go with the overprop now that you know Daniel Jones is healthy. The second-year tight end from San Diego State, Daniel Bellinger, they've been using him to to get key first downs and and get in the in the end zone potentially. So he he'd be somebody to look at. Uh, Kate Otten, although with Cameron Brave coming back, you know, he has nine catches on 11 targets over the last two weeks. You really don't think about him when you think Bucks. Uh, I, I won with the Brandon Ayuk uh, prop the other week uh, you know, on a Thursday night. Uh, and I think with Garoppolo looking a little bit more downfield, you know, that was a, a natural progression type prop. Uh, and I think George Kittle is going to get going. So he hasn't done much. 
uh, thus far since coming back and getting healthy week two, week three, because he, he was injured in preseason and, and early on. But I, I think he'll get going. Uh, and Chris Godwin, uh, you know, we talked about the Buck, uh, the Steelers and their, their secondary issues. Uh, he's got a hip thing going on, but he just took a vet day and he should, should be out there. He had six catches on six targets against the Falcons uh, last weekend. Uh, you can go Mike Evans. He's been targeted 18 times over the last two weeks. And I, I think we, we, we see a, a certainly Tom Brady. Maybe they drop a hammer on the Steelers, certainly, with what's going on in his personal life. You know, he's invested in, uh, in escaping on Sundays and looking as good as he possibly can. So, uh, you know, things like that I look for. I just, I, 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 I really, uh, you know, try not to, to get tunnel vision on stuff. I just look at things objectively. Um, you know, notice that the Steelers are 30th in pass defense and want to bet against that. You know, notice that the, the Ravens, same thing, uh, 32nd in pass defense, and you, you really do don't see that very often, so you want to take advantage of that. So, that's strong info, Tony. Really appreciate you going through all those guys, all these various teams, uh, and your opinions on them. Give us a, a one winner for Sunday. Anything. I don't care if it's a side, a total, a prop, a teaser. Go to town. Tell me what you got uh, uh, here in the NFL uh, today's action. Well, I mean, I, uh, it's, it's a Sunday nighter, so hopefully it hits because a lot of people bet on Sunday night, and I, I think it's going to be a, 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 one of my higher percentage client plays. But for your audience, if they're tuning in, here's a freebie. I really like the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Cowboys. You know, Cooper Rush has not lost as a starter, but this is going to be a heck of a challenge. Uh, and Michael Parsons, although I'm sure he's going to have the Toradol going. Uh, has been dealing with a groin issue, and he's coming off being NFC Defensive Player of the Week with a couple sacks. You know that the uh, that the the uh, Cowboys are leading the NFL in uh, quarterback pressures. But the fact that Daniel Jones ran for 80 yards against them in that near win for the Giants uh, on Monday night a few ba- weeks back tells me that uh, you want to be on the over for Jalen J- Hurts rushing yards, and that the Eagles are going to win and cover at home. Tony, we got 30 seconds, my friend. Promote yourself. Where do people find you? Find me at wt.buzz slash tm at wager talk. You'll see all my goodies there. And I appreciate you having me, Teddy, as always. Mejia Dinero on Twitter. Great stuff from Tony Mejia. When we come back, we're going to talk about the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Cover it continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And we're here in the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covers. Listen, if you missed any portion of today's program, if you want to hear what Tony Mejia was saying in segment one and you only turned it into segment two, go back and... Download this in podcast form. You can listen to today's show. You can listen to yesterday's college football show. You can listen to last week's shows, last month's shows. Listen to my Super Bowl show from two years ago if you want. Anywhere you download podcasts, just search Cover It with Teddy Covers. You you don't have to put put Teddy Cover in there. Just search Cover It and uh, it'll pop up. You can download and consume at your convenience. This show, yesterday's show, all the shows that I do, for the Sports Grid Radio Network. Download and archived. Just search and make it a part of your day slash week slash whatever you want to download with. So, two weeks ago, in the close of the NFL show on Sunday morning, I said take a look at the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And they ended up being a pretty good bet. 
in that ball game. Zach Wilson's return. Yeah, they had a rally from behind to do it, but they did it and got the straight up win in Pittsburgh. Last week on this show, I said, take a look at the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets uh, against Miami. I didn't trust Bridgewater. Bridgewater didn't blast us, and he lasted one play. And the Jets blew him out. And you read the post-game quotes from this team. This is a team that has a little bit of confidence right now. More than a little bit. Uh, you know, you read the you know, quotes from Zach Wilson. You know, we're, we're going out there expecting to win every week. You know, Brees Hawson, we might be pretty good. Who thinks Green Bay is pretty good right now? All right. This is a defense that was supposed to be elite. The Giants had five consecutive scoring drives against them last week. You remember back in week one what Justin Jefferson did? He ate him up. Not an elite defense. Maybe an okay defense. Not an elite defense. Offensively, Rodgers got a bum thumb. He didn't practice half the week. There's no chemistry with his receivers. This team shouldn't be laying more than a touchdown. I was like, oh, it's a get-right spot for the Packers. A get-right spot for the Packers. Packers be happy to win this game by a field goal. Give me the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 plus the point, seven and a half. I think it's too many. That's going to wrap it for Cover It This Week. Enjoy the games, and good luck. We'll see you next weekend.